Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionists and dietitians from Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We explain the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned for practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through real food nutrition. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobbles. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Kate Crosby, nutrition educator, nutrition counselor, and co-host of Dishing Up Nutrition today. And I'm Brenna Thompson, licensed and registered dietitian, and also co-host of today's show which is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in life-changing nutrition education and life-changing nutrition counseling. Boy, Brenna, we've got a great topic today. You and I are really passionate about this one. Yes. We're going to talk about the importance of eating well during a life emergency. We're going to share how eating well is going to help you handle the stress of the situation. It's going to give you the energy to be just as involved as you want to be. And how eating well during a crisis is going to get you through it in one piece. Yes, as best as possible. Yes. You know, and what might be one of those life emergencies or a big life change that we're thinking about? Hmm. Perhaps, Kate, for you recently, mm-hmm. the birth of a baby. Not your Not own. Not mine. Not but... yours. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yep. Um, <laughs> but a grandchild. Kate, you just recently... Had yep. that exciting life change. I sure did. Your daughter Lucy delivered a big, I said 10 pound and you said no, 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 no. 10 and a half, half pound baby. Yes. Boy. So share yeah. with us how you kind of handled your eating uh-huh. while waiting for the birth of your new grandson. Yeah. And she had a very, very long labor, 30 plus hours of labor. So it was a lot of wait. That's a lot of waiting. Yeah. You got to eat a few times doing yeah. that. <laughs> yes. yes. So, you know, when I could see that she was going to head to the hospital or when she was in the hospital, um, I was cooking hamburgers. So I just cooked a whole lot more. So I made, you know, three extra hamburger patties that I brought to the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did. Um, I threw them in my handy dandy little lunch box that's insulated, you know, about the size of a six pack or Mm -hmm. so. And I threw in apples. I threw in a little container of peanut butter. I threw in a baggie of snap peas. And, you know, sometimes I throw in um, those chicken fingers, that part of the chicken breast that's very thin. Oh, the chicken tenders. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I cook. I like those because they cook evenly, you know, And quickly. really fast. <laughs> and you're done. And so those were, my, those were my foods that I brought with me. Smart. Very smart. And I'm sure other people, you know, I'm sure you were like, I can just picture you like handing them out out. to like the nurses and (laughs) you need to eat. My son-in-law. Yeah, your (laughs) son-in-law. Yes. I also had to eat out. Yeah. Once. So Mm -hmm. I had to kind of think about, well, where am I going to go to going to give me food that's really going to support me? And I, it was actually, it's not very hard for me to figure that out because I've done it. For a long time. Right. Yes. So what did you eat when you well, ordered out at a restaurant? I had some salmon mm-hmm. and they had broccoli and little potatoes. I put the butter all over the potatoes. I was in a good spot. Yeah, you were. And I just asked if they had any whipping cream. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew they had fruit. So I just said, you know, I'll have some fruit and whipping cream for dessert. There you go. That was easy. Really awesome. easy. Well, and you know, many of my clients will ask, 
how do I eat out? Like yeah. when I'm eating these real foods, like can I eat out? And the answer is yes. And you did it beautifully. Yeah. Because, you know, there's always going to be stress when we are waiting at a hospital for a baby to be born or maybe waiting for somebody to have an operation. Yep. Get over. And I think all of those situations are going to be stressful. I am sorry, Brenna. I'm kind of lost. Poor oh, Kate is just kind there of all go. over the place here this there morning. We, we just got to get her. Here, here. <laughs> Do you have your coffee paper. yet? Yes. Yeah, so oh, I had it. I had it. Um, you know, and the other thing that I want to explain when I went to the hospital is I, I put things in my purse. Well, don't we all put things in our purse? <laughs> one thing I usually carry are protein bars. Yes. Um, you know, one of my favorites are the RX bars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like those simply because they're just food. Yeah. Egg whites, dried fruit, some, some nuts. nuts. Yes. Yeah. But I also carry what my kids have called purse wieners. What? <laughs> <laughs> so you might be wondering what the heck are purse wieners. Well, purse wieners are simply, you know, a cooked up hot dog or a bratwurst or mm-hmm. a chicken sausage that I throw in baggies and throw it in my purse. I love it. Yep. Yes. Yep. Brought a big water bottle. You know, my uh, son-in-law had a lot of, brought protein shakes and beef jerky. Mm-hmm. And th- that was his way of supporting himself. So a lot of times if you're planning on eating out, like you had mentioned, you need to really get your head around, you know, how, how are you going to do this? What is the food that's going to support you? Exactly. Well, earlier this year, my grandparents died very unexpectedly. And my mom mm-hmm. was here in Minnesota visiting when we got the news. And it was kind of like we had eaten breakfast at maybe seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning. Yep. And then with everything going on and trying to pack up and leave and whatnot, we finally stopped in Owatonna on our way back to Iowa at like four in the afternoon. Ooh, yeah. So, you know, typically I would have had at least another meal in there. Right. Um, and so we're at Perkins. Yep. Which, you know, when you go to Perkins, what do you think of? Well, pie yep, <laughs> and giant go. muffins. But instead, you know, I chose to eat. I think I ordered like some salmon or some kind of fish and veggies. Mm-hmm. And I think my mom got some chicken with some rice pilaf. Yeah. Perfect. 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 It worked. You know, and so often, you know, many of us believe that we need the the pizza or the ice cream or that large chocolate chip cookie when we're under high stress, you know, maybe as an as a reward for suffering those tough times or just because our cravings take over. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a misconception. People mm. might think that those foods will get them through a stressful time. But biochemically, it's just not true. You know, a personal pan pizza, all of that crust will break down and turn into about 27 teaspoons of sugar. Whoa. In your body. Whoa, that's a lot. 27 teaspoons of sugar. Yeah. Or if we sit down with a pint of vanilla ice cream, that's going to turn into 16 teaspoons of sugar. Maybe even more. Maybe more, depending if it's got cookies in it or not. (laughs) Or perhaps we stop at the coffee house as we are driving to said emergency Mm -hmm. and we get a large chocolate chip cookie that again, it's going to turn into 17 teaspoons of sugar. And what's all that sugar going to do? Exactly. 
it's what is that sugar doing to our body? Because it's kind of like, oh, sugar. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it raises blood sugar, raises cortisol. Mm-hmm. Then it drops. Then we're under more stress. Yes. So, Brenna, why do we seem to crave sugar, though, when we're under stress? And why does eating sugar or foods loaded with sugar make these emergency situations even more stressful for our bodies? Those are two great questions. So the reason why we crave sugar whenever we're under stress goes back to biochemistry. When we get hit with stress, our blood sugar initially goes up. And I always liken it to, okay, so if you were out in the woods and you're getting charged by a moose, <laughs> yes, because, you know, here in Minnesota, we have moose, <laughs> um, but you're being charged by a moose. Okay, well, you need a lot of sugar in your bloodstream. Get going. To get going, to mm-hmm. run away. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then after you have dodged the moose and you're up in a tree, <laughs> woo, woo, thank goodness, that blood sugar is going to quickly take a nosedive. Ah, And so all of a sudden, our brain is going, oh, wait, where'd all my sugar go? Yeah. And so we might start to crave it. Yeah. So essentially, it's like my body is saying, I'm stressed. I need energy. Give me sugar. Give me sugar. You know, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have have felt that way. You know, there was an interesting study or uh, survey done by the American Psychological Association. The, the survey was called Stress in America Survey. And it found that 40% of us Americans either overeat or eat unhealthy, high-sugar foods when we're under stress. So during my daughter's long 30-plus hours of labor, she didn't eat much. That was normal. But, you know, I knew that I needed certain things for my body under stress. Mm -hmm. When I'm under stress, I know I need protein. So I needed my salmon, or I needed some steak, or I needed my eggs, so I could handle all that stress. Well, and we need to go to break here. All (laughs) right. Time flies. Yeah. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Have you ever said to yourself, I'm addicted to sugar? Well, I know I kind of felt that way after the death of my grandparents. The shock and the stress of their death had me craving chocolate. Ooh, yes, chocolate. So today, Kate and I will share kind of how I helped calm down that short-lived chocolate craving and then went back to my weight and wellness way of eating. So we'll be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. So, okay, Brenna, let's now talk about how to stop that sugar or chocolate addiction. You know, at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we believe you first really need to make a commitment to yourself to quit eating the sugar or the chocolate. Right. You know, the next step to stopping that addiction is to eat a breakfast with sufficient protein. Boy, that's really important for me. You can eat, you know, a couple of eggs for breakfast, two or three, maybe some turkey sausage or a beef patty. Or or a purse wiener. Or a purse wiener, (laughs) also known as a cold hot dog. (laughs) (laughs) Or leftover salmon like I had this morning. You need about three or four ounces of protein at that breakfast. And when you eat protein, we produce a brain chemical called dopamine. Now, Brennett, why don't you explain how having that low dopamine level relates to sugar addiction? Well, when we don't eat enough protein, we become very deficient in that neurotransmitter dopamine. And we might experience low motivation. Mm, 
yep. poor energy, fatigue. Maybe we kind of lose our impulse control, mm-hmm. more compulsive eating. Yep. Just that addictive behavior. And when we have low dopamine, we can easily become addicted to alcohol, cocaine, sugar, shopping. Yep. Really any addiction. Anything. Any yep. addiction is related to low dopamine. You know, when I'm at home, not under extreme stress, I tend to just eat a lot of protein. And I know, just like you, Kate, that I really need that protein at breakfast. But with my grandparents' deaths and being at my parents' house, my dopamine levels just kind of dropped. Yep. So yep. I started looking for cookies, yep. chocolate. Yep. And of course, you know, it's kind of like the more chocolate and cookies you eat, the more you want. Yeah. But I knew exactly what was going on. <laughs> Yeah, because you're a dietitian. Because I'm a dietitian and I've been working at Weight and Wellness for five years. And I knew what to do to kind of stop it or at least calm it down a little bit. Yes. And so I made sure for breakfast I had salads. Now, Pardon me? I ate a salad for breakfast. Okay. And then I basically ate the same salad for lunch. And I think I did that like three days in a row. And on the third day, my sister just looks at me and she goes, good <laughs> God, can't we get this girl something else to eat? <laughs> and what was in your salad? Um, it was just, I think, you know, we had a vegetable tray that somebody had brought yep. over for us. So I threw in, you know, the chunks of like, oh gosh, what was in there? Cauliflower, celery, cauliflower. the celery, the carrots. Yep. And then my parents had some deli meat. And so and you the, threw that in. So I threw that in there. I just put some dressing on it. Yep. and That held you. It held me. It was one of those where it was like, I don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. I kind of enjoy it. I just, it was just food exactly. at that point. And you kind of need to shovel it in sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yep. You know, if you uh, are interested in giving us a call today about our dealing with life emergencies, you can um, call us at 651-641-1071. And, and before break, yeah. Kate, you were kind of telling us about just what your body needs when you're under stress and your daughter's 30 plus hour labor being at the hospital. I need a lot of protein. And as I was saying, I needed, you know, the salmon or the steak or eggs or any kind of solid meat protein is great for me. Now, to be really clear, though, I, I, I wasn't worried about gaining weight if I ate pizza or a large chocolate chip cookie. What I was really concerned about was I wanted my brain to work effectively and I wanted to be alert. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be headache free. I wanted to be happy when my grandson was born. So that's why I chose salmon and broccoli and, you know, red potatoes with butter. I wanted my body and brain to be fully engaged so I could enjoy the moment. And at the end of her long labor, I felt great. It was a really, really joyful experience. Now, even though I love pizza, <clears throat> I haven't met many people who don't. <laughs> yes, or ice cream or the chocolate chip cookies. I wanted to feel the emotions of seeing my newborn grandson for the very first time, not with that foggy brain, but with a really clear mind. Oh, that's wonderful. So it was, it worked. It worked. Yeah. But Kate, I wonder how many people really stop and think about how their food choices, mm. especially during a high stress time, will actually make them feel. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, remember earlier I asked, why does loading up on these high-sugar foods make stressful situations even more stressful on our bodies? Can you explain that one? Well, biochemically, sugar leads to inflammation, 
And chronic inflammation can lead to nerve damage, cardiovascular disease, joint pain, weight gain, anxiety, depression, and just, you know, any Mm. chronic disease you can think of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But furthermore, for many of our clients, sugar is just very addictive. We talked about that low dopamine just a little bit ago. And once some clients start eating high sugar foods, they just can't stop. Very true. And also, did you know that sugar blocks how well our cell receptors accept serotonin, another neurotransmitter? And low serotonin can lead to anxiety and often depression. And feeling more stressed. And feeling more stressed. And you certainly don't want more anxiety when you're going through a stressful time. Mm -hmm. So I believe that it really is best to try and avoid the sugary treats as much as you can and really focus on eating those good, nourishing whole foods. Yep. Totally agree. You know, I think we we should also talk about another kind of life emergency. When you've got a member of the family or a special friend in the hospital in mm-hmm. a critical condition, this past year at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we've had a, four or five different staff members who've experienced some kind of life emergency in the hospital. They've gone through a ton of stress. And sometimes these loved ones are in the hospital for days, but sometimes it can be even weeks. So what do you do about food choices? Good question. My first response when I'm under stress is, "Uh uh-oh, I'm not hungry. And I don't want to eat, especially hospital food. Yeah. So if you can, now this doesn't always happen, but if Mm -hmm. maybe that hospital stay is planned, then maybe you think ahead. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want to just like keep going to the hospital and eating the hospital food, food over and over and over. Yeah. 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 So here's an idea you may not have thought about, but it only takes a few minutes to put it together, and that's making a protein shake. And you know, sometimes many of us make extra protein shakes, right? Toss them in the freezer for backup. So during a life emergency, I often don't feel like eating an entire meal of meat and vegetables and good fats, but I can certainly drink a really delicious tasting protein shake that I know is going to keep my energy a little more stable. Right. Earlier this summer, we actually had a neighbor who was diagnosed with cancer Mm -hmm. and knew that he was going to be having surgery and then afterwards going to be in the hospital for a while. And so I thought, gosh, what can I do just to kind of help them out? Mm-hmm. And so the night before his surgery, I made up a huge batch of raspberry protein shakes. Yum. Yum. And I poured them into some pint jars, brought them down to their house. I even brought them a container of protein powder. And I yeah. said, here's some pre-made protein shakes. You can freeze them, keep them in the fridge, you know, for him or his wife and his daughter. And Perfect. They were so thankful. And yeah. I guess he absolutely loved them. Absolutely. And they're yeah. not, the, the point about the protein shake is it's not overfilling and it's just a, a, enough to keep you going and keep your blood sugar stable. It really helps. Yes, it really does. You know, and I always have oatmeal almond balls in our freezer. There you go. It's an, This is another great one. And that's one, you know, I'll sit down and I'll make like a double or a triple batch on a Friday night watching a movie. Yep. Just keep them in the freezer. But that's a good one where oh my gosh, something's happened. We have to leave the house now. Pile them in your bag and throw them in your purse. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Um, or you get home and you're exhausted and you just need a little something. Perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. Yes. Now, if I have time, 
you know, I'll make ahead a, a batch of deviled eggs. I mean, these to me are Yummy. the best of the best. Yeah. Um, take them with me to, to the hospital with some fruit or some raw veggies. Um, in, in any of these situations, I'm always looking for something light to eat because I really can't eat much. And it looks like we need to take a break here. So just want to remind you, you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And Brenna and I are discussing how you can support your brain and body with nutrition during life emergencies. You know, after our first break, Brenna talked about how she ate salads for breakfast (laughs) to support her dopamine levels to reduce those sugar cravings and chocolate cravings, which finally stopped her short-lived sugar addiction during a recent stressful life emergency. But when we come back, Brenna's going to share additional high-protein breakfast ideas and a vitamin supplement that actually supports your dopamine production. We'll be right back. If you are driving or working out and missed the name of a supplement or a recipe, we are now transcribing the show for you. Go to weightandwellness.com and then click on blog and then go to podcast and then to recipes and then click on podcasts. Oh, wait, maybe you don't want to click on the recipes part. Yeah. Yeah, no, don't click on recipes unless just, you want recipes. Just hit that podcast. Just hit button. the podcast button. So then on the next page, you'll find all the transcripts of our Dishing Up Nutrition shows. The transcript for this show should be ready eh, Monday, but maybe Tuesday, Tuesday somewhere yep. in there. Yep. You know, before break, Kate mentioned that sometimes we use a vitamin supplement to help boost dopamine levels to help make it easier for clients to give up their sugar. Mm-hmm. We often recommend taking the amino acid called N-acetyltyrosine. So taking one or two N-acetyltyrosines before breakfast, and then maybe another one or two before lunch, and possibly one or two before supper will but help. not too late in that day. <laughs> maybe it not might too... be a little activating. Might be a little stimulating. Yeah. Um, but having that tyrosine will help boost your dopamine and reduce cravings for sugar. You know, if you have questions for Kate or I today, you can give us a call here in the studio at 651 651- Six four one one zero seven one, and before break, I said that I'd give another little high protein breakfast, breakfast idea. idea. Um, so one that comes to mind for me today is actually what I ate for breakfast this morning. I had made some whipped coconut milk. Yes, and you can actually find a little demo on our Facebook page. Oh, good on how to do that. So I had made some whipped coconut milk earlier this week, and this morning I just mixed it with some vanilla protein powder. Oh, numb. And then put like half of a chopped apple on top mm-hmm. and it's light. I don't mm-hmm. feel weighed down. And but your blood sugar is stable. But my blood sugar is stable, stable. So yep. I feel good. Yep. Yes. Yep. Well, that sounds perfect. That's a great, great high protein breakfast. It's delicious, too. You know, before we went to break, we were talking about when someone's in the hospital or you've got an emergency with people in the hospital, you may not want to eat, but eating just a little something. Might sound kind of appealing. Yeah. So, you know, for me, it's like deviled eggs and berries. That's perfect. That's just enough. Um, I'm always looking for something light to eat, but food that might give me a little bit more long-lasting energy. Better than the chips or the candy bar that that might be in the vending machine. Yes. Because, you know, I would rather have real food, but that candy bar is just going to give me a lift of sugar. Quick, short-term and then my blood sugar is going to crash. And that, unfortunately, is going to cause more anxiety and more stress. 
something I really don't want to have happen during that stressful time. No, we don't need to stack stress on stress. Right. Unfortunately, sometimes we don't always know that we're going to end up at the hospital. Well, true. For hours or days. Mm -hmm. And then maybe we are getting hungry and our only option is to eat at the hospital cafeteria or go across the street to a restaurant. True. So making a healthy choice has now kind of become possibly a little bit trickier. Yep. So if I'm stuck at a cafeteria, then I just kind of look around. I'm going, all right, what can I have? Well, maybe there's just some plain meat, Mm -hmm. some roast beef, some broiled or some steamed fish, some Mm -hmm. chicken, maybe just a plain hamburger patty. All right. So I got my protein. That sounds good. And then I look for my real carbohydrates. All right. Are there some steamed vegetables? Is there a salad bar? Is there some fresh fruit? Mm-hmm. All right. Check, That's check, easy. check. So far, so good. You know, if yeah. I can find a little pat of butter or some real heavy ah, cream. Perfect. I have a healthy fat. Yeah. Done. That's, mm-hmm. you know, that's pretty easy. I look for foods that have the least amount of sugar or chemicals in them as I can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I know maybe, especially if it's wintertime, you might want some soup. Mm-hmm. But sometimes... Soups that we don't make at home can be can have MSG in it. And I find that that's problematic for some clients. Some clients really, it gives them a headache. Or, yeah, so yeah. they have to be really careful with that. So if you are wanting the soup and you know you're sensitive to MSG, you might want to ask one of the servers or if you can find the chef, um, yeah. food service management, hey, you know, does this soup have MSG in it? Mm-hmm. Because you certainly don't want to end up with a migraine or you know stomach ache. As you're waiting. Yeah. Be yes. out of commission for your for your pers- your friend or whomever you're in the hospital for. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah. no, you know, look for some fresh fruit possibly as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Yes. You know, if I'm going to be at the hospital for hours and I know this ahead of time, I'll stop at a co-op or a Whole Foods type grocery store and pick up several servings of maybe a chicken salad or a tuna salad. Those are kind of my go-tos. Um and also some other kind of fresh salads, maybe a broccoli salad or a coleslaw that I think is well-made. Well, and you know that the soups at the co-op aren't going to have MSG in them. Well, there you go. There we and go. That would be a great alternative. You know, I'm gonna, when I eat those kind of foods, I'm going to feel calmer and I generally can handle stress better. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm up and down. Up and, and down all and, over the place. Yes. Yeah. And just to recap, if you experience what we call a life emergency or a big life change, we know that our natural instinct might be to grab a cookie, a brownie, the chips, the pretzels, because that stress is affecting your blood sugar and it's affecting your dopamine and your serotonin levels. But it's just not helpful, really, to grab those high sugar foods. And as we previously mentioned at first, that sugar is going to push your blood sugars up and then we crash. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that can cause more anxiety, and just poor moods. Yeah. Now, yes. Obviously, it's much better to choose the real food, like the hard-boiled egg and or half a banana and some peanut butter, if you got that around, or cottage cheese topped with blueberries and almonds, another good one. But my favorite usually is a small dish of that Sonoma chicken salad mm-hmm. with the grapes and pecans and real mayonnaise. These are really easy foods for me to eat, even when I'm not that hungry. Now, when my mother died, I just wasn't hungry. Yeah. But I forced myself to eat some real food periodically, you know, every so often. 
I'd get some protein, I'd get some good fat, and I'd have some fruit or a, some vegetable. And I knew that, and it was really a, an intellectual decision here. Mm-hmm. I knew that these foods would keep me sane and well-grounded. And I think that's an important point to make that I had a client recently who told me about she had had multiple deaths within yes. the course of like a year. Mm. And she said after the second or third one, she goes, my heart just hurt too much. Mm. She goes, I couldn't eat. Mm-hmm. I would go to mm-hmm. bed very hungry, but I couldn't eat. And that happens sometimes. And it does. And another someone who works at Weight and Wellness had told me after her mother died, she experienced something very similar as well. And she said, all I could manage was putting peanut butter on a piece of toast. Yeah. Yeah. And if that's all you can manage... That's what you do. That's what you do. Yeah. She yeah. she just knew she had to eat a little something. Oh, and we have a caller. Okay, let's take that call. Um, Becky, are you on the line? I am. Yeah, I am. Good. Hi, Hi. good morning, Becky. Welcome. Good morning. A uh, couple questions. One, um, you guys were um, speaking of protein shakes, and if I'm not... I don't see myself really as a person that would make them up. And so what should I be looking for if I'm going to buy them in the store, you know, ingredient-wise or uh, nutritional values? Well, you get it out of a protein shake that's already made in the grocery store? Yeah. You know, like I can't even think of the brands that that Uh they have. Uh Hmm. But also then in addition to that, what are your thoughts? and uh, of meal replacement shakes as a whole. I think the ingredients in them are terrible. Yeah. Okay. I think you're going to find that they're artificial sweeteners um, and possibly just uh, other ingredients that aren't going to be helpful. But is is there a resistance to making the protein shake just because you don't know how? Um, probably. And typically don't have the ingredients. Even if all you have is like some yogurt and some fruit and maybe some milk or you could use water as a liquid. I mean, you can throw that in a blender and call it a day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. You could also look uh, on our website or go to one of our uh, nutritional weight and wellness offices and we sell protein powders that don't have any of the strange artificial inflammatory ingredients. They're low in sugar. And that's what I find to be the problem with the store-bought ones. Exactly. Is maybe the ingredients look okay. Right. But they're really high in sugar because they just put, you know, a lot of juice in it or too much fruit. And it's just not going to be balancing the way having one that you've made is going to be. Mm -hmm. Okay. Our protein powders that we sell, so we sell um, different whey protein powders, chocolate, vanilla, unflavored, Mm -hmm. a beef protein powder, chocolate, vanilla, unflavored, some pea protein. We have an egg white protein. Egg white protein. None of them have artificial sweeteners in them. And if they are sweetened, they're sweetened with stevia. And um, they're very easy to use. And I would really encourage you to give it a try when you've got a few minutes. Um, our whey protein has a, a recipe on the on the package, package so yeah. you'll know. Otherwise, you can ask at our front desk for um, recipes for using the protein yeah. powders. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. All right. Thanks for your call. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. Mm-hmm. Bye.
So, Kate, we've kind of been talking about a slightly sad topic here. Yeah. How do most of us handle a death in the family? Well, when my grandparents passed earlier this year, you know, oh, I think we have to go to break. So I guess I'll (laughs) talk about that. Let's do that when we come back. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We invite you to tune in next week to hear Dar and Leah discuss how the lack of self-care might be sabotaging your weight loss. Now, also, for our out-of-town listeners, I want to remind you of our 12-week Nutrition for Weight Loss series. You can take this online. And in that series, we also include two one-hour individual nutrition consultation appointments with one of our weight and wellness nutritionists because we understand each client has unique needs and we want you to be successful with your weight loss. So give our office a call at 651-699-3438. They'll be happy to answer all of your questions about these classes. We'll be right back. Hey, Cravings, what's up? Not you, because I'm taking you down. Oh, didn't see that coming? Because I've always buckled under your pressure? Well, this is my house now. So bring it, ice cream. You want a piece of me cake? I see you in the pantry, potato chips. See, this super chick got herself to nutritional weight and wellness and learned that cravings aren't a willpower thing, more like a blood sugar, mineral deficiency, digestive thing. And eating in balance slays the beast. Animal protein. Healthy fats. Vegetable carbs. The temptation taming trifecta. Make you shrink and me shine. Do I feel deprived? (laughs) Not when I'm armed with my nutritional weight and wellness num-num chucks. So step off, cravings, or I'll swing you into oblivion. I guess I better clean this up. Learn how to conquer your cravings with the Nutrition for Weight Loss program at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, on-site or online. Visit weightandwellness.com. Hello, and welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I want to tell you about the wonderful seminars we are offering this fall. I encourage you to jot down the dates so you can put them on your calendar, but not if you're driving. Oh, yeah. So first, the weekend of October 6th through the 8th, we are offering our weekend weight and wellness series. This is three days of learning, laughter, and great food. Then on November 4th, the Menopause Survival Seminar returns. Currently, half the seats are spoken for. So I would encourage you to sign up as soon as possible and not wait until the last minute on this one. I'll be teaching that. Oh, yay. And Kate's an awesome teacher. Oh, thank you. Then on November 18th, we are offering our Nutrition for ADHD seminar. The information in this seminar will be helpful for both parents of children with ADHD and for the adults with with ADHD. ADHD. You know, as we always say, food matters. Well, good. Yes. So before break, kind mm-hmm. of discussing these, how to eat during a food crisis. And, you know, this past year, my grandparents passed away very unexpectedly. And during the week that I spent at my parents' house, I started eating more sugar than I normally would. Hmm. And when I did it, I did it very consciously. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew exactly what was going on. And I still chose to eat more chocolate and ice cream and cookies than I typically would. Mm-hmm. I knew my body was just trying to deal with the stress that was affecting my blood sugar and my dopamine levels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as an early riser, you know, I added a cookie to my coffee. <laughs> yep. 
sitting on the kitchen counter, had my cup there of coffee, was. and I was like, you know what? Going to eat a cookie. Yep. And yep. in the afternoon, instead of having a balanced snack, it was, oh, there's some chocolate-covered cherries in the you know, pantry. I think I'll go for those. I think I'll eat those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So some of those choices just happened because I was at my parents' house. They were there. It's not stuff I typically keep in my house. And mm-hmm. the and- thing was, some of those habits followed me home. Oh, yep. I kind of knew I was thinking to myself, when this week is over, when I'm back home, I won't have these things. But the cookie with the coffee in the morning, I still had Christmas cookies left over in my freezer. Ooh, whoopsie. Whoops. Uh, But then it ended. And it was just... So you made a decision. I made a decision. I can't eat all of that. I don't need to be eating cookies every morning. Yeah, it's not going to work. So, I mean, under extreme stress, sugar has a way of sneaking in, like you said, Brenna even when we know better. So let's face it, when there's an unexpected death in the family, we're usually too busy to cook. There's so many other details we have to tend to. It really is wonderful, though, that the age-old tradition of thoughtful neighbors and loving friends bring food to the grieving family. It's still part of our culture. Mm -hmm. But here's the question that we need to address. What kind of food do grieving families need? Now, by now... You probably have guessed it's not the chocolate-covered cherries or cookies or brownies or cupcakes. There are plenty of those around. Yeah. But eating foods loaded with sugar creates more stress and anxiety, as we've been saying. And we've known for many years that eating sugary foods can actually increase those anxiety symptoms and impair your body's ability to cope with stress. In a perfect world, we might not experience this emotional eating, as people will call it. Exactly. But this isn't a perfect world. Yeah. And as a society, we really seem to believe that soothing our emotions with treats is helpful. And in moderation, you know what? Maybe for some people it is. And maybe that just works. And maybe that just works. I Mm -hmm. ate the cookies in the morning. That was it. And that was it. And then I was done. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. for many people choosing or just somehow falling into the habit of eating those treats creates more stress and more Mm -hmm. cravings. Absolutely. We had a family friend who uh, one night said, hey, can I bring over a lasagna for your family? (laughs) And my sister is very lactose intolerant. And we said, you know, not the best idea, not the best idea. Mm -hmm. But instead, she brought over a beef roast with some little mm. carrots and some potatoes and a vegetable tray with dip. Mm-hmm. And it was perfect. It was just what we needed. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. I mean, what a what a balance to all of those cookies and chocolate-covered cherries. Yes, and, and it was so mm-hmm. nice to sit down finally as a family and have that meal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another thing that kind of comes to mind that people could make would be something like the weight and wellness chicken and wild rice soup recipe. One of my favorites. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. on our website, weightandwellness.com. And you can add like a good cup of heavy cream to it. Oh, that sounds delicious. And just make it even more satisfying. Yep. You know, I think another um, meal that I think of for a grieving family is just a simple meatloaf with roasted vegetables, maybe asparagus and potatoes and onions or something like that. And then bring along a bowl of cut up cantaloupe or some fresh berries and a pint or so of heavy, heavy whipping, whipping cream, cream that they can why not up. yeah i mean to me that would be the respite 
that would be the, oh, I can get my protein, my veg, yeah. and my fat. Um, we also have a really tasty turkey meatloaf recipe that would be mm-hmm. good. And it uses wild rice in place of oatmeal and crackers. So if there's someone in the family who is gluten sensitive, this would be a really easy recipe to use in that situation. Exactly. And I think the nice thing with like the meatloaf or some meatballs uh, is that you can freeze them. So pull them out and pull them out. So if the family already has, you know, a lot of food, Mm -hmm. they can put that in the freezer and save it for later. Mm -hmm. Another Mm -hmm. enjoyable meal is maybe making a pot of chili. Because, again, it's satisfying kind of hearty or it can be frozen yes good point really good point yes um what are some other ideas we could come up with well the Uh, lasagna thing it just made me laugh because we had multiple people offering us lasagnas and lasagna is a common common common, you know uh, or some kind of a hot dish yeah and i was talking with a friend recently and she's gone through a lot of stress this year she's lost someone very close to her Mm. and she and i were joking because she and her husband ended up with four lasagnas oh dear and she's kind of dairy sensitive her husband is very lactose intolerant Uh uh-huh he just kept eating it and dealt with the consequences because she was too tired too stressed to do any cooking yeah and finally and she's actually uh first generation chinese Mm. and she has some co-workers who are from i you know other asian countries and they finally called her up and said do you want some asian comfort food (laughs) oh there that's it and she just said yes yes what was it um apparently it was stir-fried bok choy oh no And, you know, something lighter, that really spoke to her. Oh, that's a wonderful example of how you really have to think about who your person is. Who the person is. And Mm -hmm. I think it's wonderful when people want to bring food. Well, it's it's absolutely, yeah. I mean, it saves most of us who are in a stressful situation. But again, you know, my emphasis would be, Please think about bringing some protein. Bring some protein. I also think of what are some other things, maybe instead of food that you can do. Mm -hmm. Like our neighbor, Tim, he unfortunately did pass away. Mm. And so as a neighborhood, we have come um, and really supported his wife and daughter. And we're mowing their lawn every week. Another great. So it was kind of like instead of bringing them food, we said, what can we do to just help you get through this first year? Exactly. Exactly. Take out the garbage. Come in and And shovel the the walks when it's winter. Yes. Absolutely. Well, I'm hoping each of you will support yourself nutritionally during your next life emergency by eating some protein, healthy fat and veggies like we've talked about today. You know, our goal at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real food. It's simple. It's a very powerful message. Eating real food is life-changing. Thank you for tuning in today. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Product statements have not been evaluated by the FDA.